0: Welcome to the first 2016 edition of Look Who's Talking, topical discussion all about the life of Christchurch, New Malden, and also issues further afield. I'm Anna Larkin, and here on the show this month I have regulars Stephen Kurt, hello, and Nathan Larkin, hey there, plus our special guest for this month, long-term member of Christchurch, although she's often away at university at the moment, Rachel Cook, hello. In this New Year edition of the show, we'll be reviewing our Christmas services here at Christchurch, as well as talking about the recent insurance-aided refurbishment of the parish halls after the big flood, and we'll also give an update on the redevelopment of the main church site. With Rachel here, we'll be talking about her experience from not that long ago doing short-term mission in Tanzania, and we'll also discuss the Christian student scene up at Durham University, where she spends most of her time at the moment. And then finally, we'll be talking about the preaching programme for January here at Christchurch and why the vicar has chosen to start the new year by getting us all to think about the subject of suffering. But let's start by reviewing Christmas. So I've asked each of you um, to to choose one moment that you particularly enjoyed over Christmas or something that you thought was particularly significant here at Christchurch. So I'll come to Stephen first. What was your favourite Christmas moment?
1: Well, there was uh, loads of stuff I really uh, loved about Christmas, as usual. Uh, Christmas Day was wonderful. I think that's my favourite service of the year. But actually, the thing I want to pick out, which... um, was particularly fantastic this year was the grapevine uh christmas lunch and it's always a really special moment it's it's the earliest christmas starts really at Christchurch. yeah which day is that one it's It's quite early isn't it in the month so it's always the first sunday of december and so we have this slap up christmas meal which uh camilla pierce has now moved to india so sarah was coordinating it by herself for the first time uh this year um and it was amazing food but also we had rachel's dad john uh, playing uh, carols, which we sang in between the courses, <coughs> and I did a short little thing on what Christmas meant to me. And it was just a, a totally amazing atmosphere. We How had, many did you have? We had around about, I think, 60, including leaders there. Um, That's great. And it's just exactly what we want, Grapevine, to be And it's, proper, it's a proper Christmas dinner, oh isn't yeah. it? You have turkey. Yeah, I mean, and. Oh, it's more proper than proper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just... Christmas yeah. crackers? Yeah, absolutely. I but know there's, there's
0: wow. um, Christmas presents as well, isn't yeah, there, Christmas for everybody? Presents
1: for, yeah, the men all got socks. We women. know what they got because the Girls' Night I In. We, we wrapped, wrapped them at wrapped Girls' the night, night In, yeah. yeah. yeah, they yeah. All, how long does it take to wrap those presents? Quite a long time. Yeah. Right. Well, it's great. It Some it of it them are more the gifted at wrapping <laughs> than others. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good opportunity. Wrapping Christmas presents is quite a skill, isn't it? Yeah. I've had someone on YouTube this year about how to wrap difficult shape presents
0: yeah
2: you may have noticed that not all of them were quite as skillfully wrapped as <laughs> others but, um, <laughs> but yeah no it's good I always think it's good we do that every year and it's good I think for the girls to have a bit just before Christmas when it's loads of stuff about receiving and all yeah. that there yeah, to, really to yeah. like do something for well, someone it, else it, it just
1: totally like. nails why we do Grapevine and what's so special about it and all the hard work we started Grapevine in November 2007 all the hard work that's been done at Grapevine over the years and we've had lots of tragedies there people dying um and various sort of um, ups and downs but but basically Great Fine has now got to the place where it's this very very strong inclusive community Mm. with a fantastically Christian atmosphere but one that is not really churchy yeah Um, and so which is a funny
0: thing to say about Christmas really but it is a kind it's like a universal celebration isn't it you don't need to be Christian to to join in with it it's something it's a time of the year when everybody tries to feel happy and
1: yeah I mean it It's very strongly Christian in its atmosphere, um, helped by the singing of the carols Mm. and and the focus on Christmas. But somehow uh, we've got to a a stage with Grapevine where it's uh, just very easy for people to come into um, and it doesn't feel alienating. So, Mm. yeah, fantastic, really. I mean, Sarah Parker continues to do an amazing job, uh, but plus loads of brilliant helpers. I mean, there are some people who fairly quietly have been doing Grapevine for a long time now, you know, uh, for ages, Lindsay Barnett, Andy Roberts, um, John and Helen Cook have become very much part of the team, Rod and Jenny Cropper are always um, doing the kitchen, Carrie Ebsworth. You know, there's a whole team of people, yeah. I'll have left a few out, um, who do an amazing job at Grapevine. And it's, and it's really, it's partly people's skills, um, but it's mainly um, people's uh, sort of character really. Uh, if they're sort of warm and welcoming and fun-loving people really <laughs> yeah um, that's what really makes it work
0: that's great and um and rachel what about you what was your favorite thing about christmas your favorite christmas service
3: so i really loved the carols by candlelight service um it was two days after i got back from durham and it was just so nice seeing everyone and just uh, yeah it was great feeling like i was probably home and um, yeah everyone was really welcoming and it was great to see everyone again and I really thought the the message was so powerful and um, this year I wasn't in the choir for the first time in several years and I just felt like I could enjoy the whole thing and um, not worry about what I was singing next or anything and I just got to listen to the this message really well
0: I thought Katie spoke so well about, I thought it was brilliant um, yeah, yeah about really interesting angle
3: yeah about suffering and and how we need to be generous because God's been so generous to us and um, the rolling images on the uh, during Ohly Holy Night was really good as well. Um, oh yeah, I just thought it was a really powerful message of inclusion and love. It was great. A lot of
1: people have, have said that that um, you did the images, I think, didn't you, Anna? I did, um, yes. And Claire Jackers sang, didn't yeah. she? Uh, I think Andy Black was playing at that point. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have said that was incredibly moving and.
2: I guess it ties rather than this just little kind of wh- what could be seen as a s- quite a separate celebration mm. towards an end of a year or yeah. start of a new year. Yeah. Um, it ties it to the world that we're in and yeah. the year that yeah, we've had and the, the experience, rather than an that. escape from yeah. the year. Yeah, sure. It Absolutely. says that you know Jesus came into our yeah. world yeah. that yeah. had Absolutely. suffering yeah. and all these things. Yeah. I, the I, the think refugee, I think interesting that, was the exactly thing 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 that yeah. Yeah. you exactly with you picking stronger, that out. That that also has been my highlight. It's less of an a kind of. Um, moment, but m- more of a, a general uh, atmosphere. I think of of being tied to, especially this year. A lot has gone on, including this refugee crisis, yeah. and yeah. Um, and the kind of link between Jesus being born, basically a refugee, and fleeing to Egypt, and yeah. and. Um, and then us, our, our response to, to refugees. I think that that was a really mm. powerful mm. Uh, part of Christmas for me this year. And yeah. and I also just on the record want to state that Anna made those images. And the fact that Arsenal w- getting a record fifth uh, record um, F A Cup haul was nothing to do with me being well, in there. was.
1: Some have thought Arsenal appearing on it was the. You know, was, yeah, it was, was the giveaway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a celebration of what's happened this year and uh, I, I had nothing to do with that. So. One of the things I'm
1: interested in, in in picking up on what you just said, Rachel, was about when people sing in the choir you know, and you're not doing it this year and we're able, therefore, to enjoy it. So when you sing in that choir, which I haven't done, I suppose everyone's different, is it quite difficult to relax and enjoy the service or, or is it a different sort of enjoyment because you're yeah. singing with a group, singing wonderful music? Yeah, is it, yeah, I was definitely is it, enjoy very it. Different?
3: Um, wow. I found it very different, Just, I personally don't particularly like standing up on the stage and singing in front of lots of people um, and being exposed in that way, but I, I love singing, I love doing the rehearsals, um, yeah, it's great fun, and it was so great seeing how big the choir was this year. Yeah.
0: I it was and so massive. Well, well, that was, was, really
1: was cool. um, a, a, an extraordinary step forward, because that choir has always sung wonderfully, but this year uh, it included at least one member of Grapevine which was mm. fantastic it included a whole load of newcomers from the 930 service not just women Yeah, um, there were a couple of blokes um, Nick Tutton sung this year for the first time um, and so it was a fantastic um sort of visual symbol as much as anything else of um, the diversity across Christchurch.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, I mean, yeah. so big was the choir that I nearly tripped on the way up to the stage yeah. trying yeah. to get my reading <laughs> yeah. done. <We> struggled <laughs> to <laughs> find <laughs> space for <laughs> the preacher and readers.
0: But we got <laughs> <there>. <laughs> um, what about you, Nathan? What was your favourite bit? Of uh, your no, assessment? I think that was it. The yeah, the, the
2: carousel. Well, and, and specifically just, uh, not just in that service, but across a number of uh, things that we ran, this, this connectedness to... Um, to the, the things that we've been dealing with this yeah. year And, and the, to Jesus as a refugee And, and so yeah
1: That's that so that crucial isn't it I mean, I, I, On Wednesday nights I'm doing a bit of history GCSE coaching At the moment And I was uh, helping someone think about Nazi Germany Last night mm-hmm. And part of it was um, the, the complete um, By and large The uh, inability of the church To put up any mm-hmm. protest whatsoever to Hitler um, Both the Catholic and the Protestant church You know, Hardly any really at all and i was thinking you know with the refugee crisis it's just absolutely vital that the churches yeah. preach yeah. about it talk about it go on about it you know do anything other than collude with the sort of well, it was fascinating
2: when anna, <laughs> yeah because really. anna and i w- were in um, washington earlier in the year and uh we went to the national holocaust museum which yeah. is was quite an incredible experience um but there was a, a fascinating, a huge kind of introduction to the the for whole first floor of the museum was before the war and, and mm. all of the different factors that, that ended yeah. up. And what was terrifying was to see how some of these attitudes started very small and very us and them yeah. and very not wanting to respond. Yeah. I never
0: th- realised how um, preventable it would have been. You mm. know, I think for for a very, what I hadn't realised was that for a very long time, Hitler had been telling other world leaders, "Look, I hate the Jews, and if they stay here, I'm I'm going to harm them. Right. Um, so I w- I want them out of my country. Who's going to take them?" And everybody just sat silently and didn't, yeah. you know. I mean, it right. doesn't
2: excuse what, what went on later. Obviously, but Hitler was still wrong to do to it, to yeah. but other people could have stepped yeah. in yeah. far
0: far sooner and mm. and I just I didn't just ignored it.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's just a huge challenge to to yeah. for the church to speak against Absolutely. those attitudes of uh, you know exclusion and yeah. and yeah. hatred and demonization. And demonization yeah.
0: yeah. Well, let's move on now um, to the topic of short-term mission overseas. So um, it's, it's something that a lot of people do. Generally, I think people tend to do it in, um, I- in gap years, sort of when they're in their, in their 20s up to maybe early 30s is when, is when most people tend to, tend to do it. But I think it's f- most common during a gap year. And Rachel, you did it. And you, was it your gap year that you did it?
3: Yeah, between yeah. school and university. Yeah.
0: yeah, and so where did you go and why?
3: So I went to Tanzania, a um, place in the north for right on Lake Victoria, called Masoma. And I was with GoMad, uh, which is a small independent charity but it was partnered with Tearfund um, uh, to do the gap year schemes. And yeah, we went and we just did um, a load of uh, work in the community doing local development stuff. So with the local people building water tanks, the houses and um, build a church for a congregation who didn't have a building, um, which has now been finished, which is very exciting. Uh, About a year after we left, it was finished. Um,
1: You better explain "go mad."
0: (laughs) What does it stand (laughs) for? So yeah,
3: put it together, it sounds like
1: some African word. Go mad, but (laughs) it's actually "go mad." Go go make a difference. Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's quite a good name. Yep. So, did you always know that you wanted to do something like that? Were you always planning to take a year out, and was that kind of always your your focus? And then, how did you choose the country, or how did you decide what you were going to do?
3: well, yeah, as I said, I always knew from early teens. I don't did, I think I had a massively strong faith throughout my teenage years, but it's something that I always knew I wanted to do. Um, yeah, just this conviction that I had that I wanted to do a gap year and do some kind of mission trip. Um, and I think, yeah, that was partly a legacy of Christchurch being generally quite missional and always having people up to the front talking about what they were doing and um having people work at tier fund and that kind of thing mm. um which is yeah which is really great and then I just came across I, d- I didn't particularly know where I wanted to go but I came across um tier funds website and they had um a, a gap year going from April to July in Tanzania and I just thought that sounds good I'll just go for that mm. um <laughs> so yeah it was more the kind of the logistics that fitted into right, my yeah. year that I chose Tanzania but and yeah, you've been back
0: great. since, haven't
3: you? Yeah. You I went, went back, back to visit. this summer um, with three girls from my church in Durham that I met in my first year. And that was really great as well, taking people and seeing how their reaction was oh, so to mine. Oh, so you took
1: people back that hadn't been <laughs> there. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, hadn't before. quite got that. I thought it was you going back with people no, that had been there first yeah, time. Yeah, so
3: there were some people there as well who had I'd been with the first time. But mm. the team I was with, um, yeah, was new.
2: I yeah. remember you telling me when you got back that kind of taking these new people and just the whole time thinking yeah. are they feeling what i'm feeling are they yeah. getting the, are they having the same experience <laughs> yeah, that i had when it was i was really here and
3: actually i hadn't really thought about how that was going to work but yeah it was difficult um but it was exciting as well to see that them change in some ways yeah well
2: it's often really difficult I, I mean even things as short as going on a camp or going on mm-hmm. uh, any time that you've had a kind of profound experience uh or a, a real kind of meeting or connectedness with god mm-hmm. and coming home and the trying to get everyone else's... Yeah. It, people aren't <laughs> as excited as you are. Yeah, it just, it it's just so natural. And yeah. Um,
1: and, yeah, I imagine that was quite difficult well, the One home of the things yeah. that I thought was, when you went out to Africa, particularly first time, I think one of the real successes of that, um, perhaps not absolutely the centre of it, was how much you, through the uh, sort of publicity for going... Managed to make it a whole church thing. Yeah, yeah, So, that was really the, the, you know, having that car wash in the car park, mm. having a quiz evening, I think it was. Yep. Um, and you preached on it when you got back, didn't you? Yeah. It um, was my our youngest preacher <laughs> at Christchurch mm. in 150 years, nearly 150 years. Um, and so it was something that I think people felt very involved in. I think your blog helped mm. with that yeah. as well, didn't yeah,
3: it? Yeah, was great. It was just amazing how supported um, I felt. Yeah, everyone was just really great and getting behind me and being really interested and yeah just being really supportive it was incredible mm. made it so much bigger than just me going like I said mm. Yeah, felt like a whole church effort
1: Is, is it the sort of thing that is uh, obviously helping the people uh, who are the recipients of what you were doing as well but is it one of the most significant ways in, su- in, in which someone can deepen in their faith do you think stepping out and doing that Yeah sort
3: of I think so um, I think when you come alongside people and you recognise that you're both obviously we were going out to help those people but we recognize as well with humility that we are also not the people who god has created us to be um fully and so when you partner with those kind of people and you do this work and you realize that you're both being transformed through it Mm. and that's really Mm. profound i think yeah um but yeah, I would also say that it's not necessarily to go necessarily to go you know the other side of the world to get that kind of experience. There's loads of ways in the UK. The UK is really needy.
0: Um, I I did a, a gap year in here. Kingston. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is why. Exactly, yeah. and I in fact did see Nathan one, did as well. Yeah. That's that's yeah. how we yeah, met. I, <laughs> I, d- I did
1: mine in Lewis down in, in Sussex okay. with Careforce, which um, was was at the time there wasn't many organisations that were sending people other places. Careforce yeah. was 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 one of quite a small group. And I went down and worked in a church in um in Lewis for nine months in nineteen eighty eight long yeah. before any of you were born mm. um but it was crucial i mean it was definitely I definitely look back on that as as probably more influential than almost anything else in mm. um in sort of developing my calling to be a vicar i suppose really
0: mm.
2: yeah similarly I, I I came here very much with the idea that it was a gap year you know just something that uh, you know I wanted to give a year to to serve Mm -hmm. in some way and I actually would if anything other than financial reasons really that my both my brother and my sister were uh with OM at the time and and so the kind of support network in the church Mm -hmm. was already giving my family a huge amount of financial support Mm -hmm. so I kind of felt quite convicted that I didn't want to do a gap year that was going to cost much Mm -hmm. um and then I came across Oxygen um and, yeah, so actually one of the main reasons I was here was because of just a lot of those circumstances. I now can see God's fingerprints all over it. But um, youth work was never something I thought I would do. I was going back to be a graphic designer. But it was mm. in doing that that year that so much about who I am and the way I am, and it, it kind of clicked in that context. Yeah. It was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. This is who I am. And I think I, I hear quite a lot of that uh, about people after gap years kind of getting yeah, the chance definitely. to practice their faith. Well, particularly mm.
1: Africa. I mean, I... I don't know anyone who's gone out to Africa who hasn't become massively changed yeah. by it. my my mm. wife Katie um, did a uh, a gap year in Rwanda um, huh. and, and and it's really stayed with her that whole connection with Africa and yeah um, you know um, what she what she saw out there and what she experienced yeah.
2: do you see yourself going back
3: I don't know I I'd, I'd love to maybe after after university maybe a bit more long term um, but probably before then I'd stick around the UK. I feel like I, yeah. need to, uh, I need to sit down and do some learning about things rather than just wanting to go and do stuff <laughs> and change <laughs> stuff straight away. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, I have a
2: friend who d- went to Tanzania as well on a gap year yeah. and um, she was uh, a doctor in training and she kind of said what, what was that, 12, 13 years ago, it's like I'm going back and I'm going to be a doctor there and then yeah. she was very, very passionate and then she finished her training and then got a job here and we all thought, you know, it, she still always talked about it, but we never. But just this year, and then she's she just got married as well. Yeah, and got married we thought, to another doctor. Oh, it now. Thought uh. it never happened Thought it never happen. But actually, the two of them have just packed up and moved to Malawi, oh, where wow. they're. Um, so they got two doctors for doctors. the price of one. She married one. So cool. But um, yeah. So well, anyways, I think it does if stick we around
0: if we uh, move on now to another subject, um, we're going to talk about the Christian scene at university. So mm. Rachel, you're studying at Durham University. Mm-hmm. How many years have you been there? i no
3: I'm in my second year now. In
0: your second year. Um, And how have you found it? Are you involved at all with the Christian Union? Is there more than one Christian Union? Have you found a church?
3: Yeah, so um, I'm at a church called King's Church Durham, which is great. Um, And yeah, it's it's massive. It's got about 200 students, which is incredible. Um, So it's really, yeah, a really lively student ministry, which is great. And I'm involved in the Christian Union. Yeah, and there's there's one in, a central one, and then lots of college ones as well, because... Yeah, what colleges and oh, yeah that, which cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also involved in a student organization called Just Love, which is um, a Christian social justice movement.
0: Oh okay, mm. so what is that all about? Is that something that is run by the university or is that like a national initiative that you you're involved in? Yeah, with?
3: so it started in Oxford about three years ago. Um, just a group of Christians who realised that students weren't doing a lot to do with social justice um, and they thought it was a really integral part of their faith, so they decided to set up this group um, called Just Love and it spread to Durham um, secondly. And then since then, I think we've got six other groups across the country and it's there's now six national staff, uh, three national star- staff workers, and yeah, it's it's popping up all over the place which is really cool didn't you meet
1: my little brother in part of the i did yeah
3: (laughs) in the so there's training days for the uh, the leaders of just love the student leaders of just love um twice a year and yeah john came to do a seminar on homelessness um in september which is great Mm -hmm. when he was a
1: student he uh up at hull university they've got i think it's the biggest student voluntary um community action Mm -hmm. um sort of um charity called husso and um which didn't when john first encountered it have a particularly uh, or, or or a specifically christian agenda but what he found out was that it was started by the christian union right. 25 years before mm-hmm. and quite often this is the case that you know these charities are uh, doing social justice issues or social mission can often have a Christian start. And then that gets rather well lost as yeah. they get funding and they become organized. Yeah. Um, so it appears that it's got to be constantly rediscovered. Mm. Um, and it, it seems that why do you think is trying to do Why that. do you think yeah. it is
2: that they, because it strikes me as a tiny bit sad that often uh, organizations that start with it because of Christian inspiration, that uh, with a leaning towards social justice, often end up feeling in order to progress that, that they end up losing some of their distinctive Christian... Is, do you think it's because there's a, a, a lack of a space for them or support for
1: them in the church? Uh, I think quite often it's that churches are happy for that sort of work to, to happen and a bit more reluctant to do the hard work of Why it's theologically important. integrating it yeah. with what they do. I, I think that becomes quite threatening once you, once you start saying that this is vital and indispensable yeah. it's, it's, it's easier to keep it as an optional thing that people who are into it opt into um, and particularly once you start saying it's part of the gospel uh, that can yeah. rattle people big time yeah. so a lot of people want to keep the gospel as how you get individuals to heaven um, and uh, anything about uh, bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven you know it's right at the center of the lord's prayer yeah. but it is amazing how it can be evaded mm-hmm. if, if, mm. if, if people want
2: to so i guess what's quite unique about trying to you know what we do what we're trying to do here and saying that, you know grapevine in our social um social justice kind of uh, section at church here is a, yeah. a valid like kind of equal part of yeah, the church with everything yeah. else yeah, it's, it's, another, it's gospel, another stream
1: it's uh, saying it's gospel ministry uh, is is the crucial thing because plenty of uh, churches and organisations are happy to, to sort of endorse that sort of strand of Christian ministry to some extent, but often want to keep it separate mm. from, from the gospel. So I think what you and mm. other students are doing just couldn't be more important. I know. It's well, I think so it's what exciting. are you?
0: So from a practical point of view, mm. what sorts of things do you do? Is it about raising awareness? Is it about campaigning? Is it about, mm. or is it about you know? actions going going out and doing things or what
3: what do you do we're trying to do a bit of everything really um (laughs) so uh it's advocacy action and prayer the three kind of things that we're trying to do um but then it's so in Durham we organize it through local personal and global strands so we have um some events that are focused on personally like um how are we responding to this in our relationship with God is it affecting what we pray for is it affecting um yeah what how we spend our money um if we're being ethical about Mm. yeah the things that we're buying and that kind of thing um so we have a bible study and a prayer meeting every week for that kind of side of things and then we also have the local stream um which is it's quite difficult as students when you're not there for the whole year to kind of really get involved with local things because you don't want to be patronizing and just um kind of turn out and give out um handouts or something like that but we do a food bank collection um at the end of every term in the student area in Durham, oh great. <coughs> that's which is brilliant. really great. Yeah. We always end up with a massive boot full of food for local food bank and end um, of terms probably quite a yeah, good exactly. time to do everyone's it as well. Out. Yeah. And ev- everyone's got really on board with it. It's exciting to see we've done it for I think four terms now. And each term we've done it everyone's been more aware of what's going on and has left stuff in their cupboards for us to come and get which is that's really cool. Great. Yeah, does it become um, a
1: way in which Christian ministry can include others who who, yeah. who may be Far from convinced about the Christian basis of absolutely, it absolutely, yeah. But but feel attracted to be involved, yeah, and, and, and perhaps a bit more likely to take Christians seriously, yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> they see it.
3: that we're, we're sacrificing our time and going out in the cold and rain to do stuff, yeah. and yeah, that will help other people with no kind of agenda for ourselves. So it's great, yeah. It
1: is a very powerful form of evangelism, yeah. Sort of, you know, understood in 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 a sort of more narrow sense. Uh, but quite often when people are brought into being involved with whether it's the night shelter here at Christchurch that we'll be doing in February or whether it's Grapevine or, or whether it's student mm. uh, sort of community action at university, quite often it is a very powerful witness of what Christianity is all about, Yeah. which people then think, oh, if this is, if this is radical rather than supportive of the status quo, then I might reconsider
2: and yeah. it's right yeah, more, there more you know biblically sure. it's right there as well you know the um always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have mm. and uh and often that's read as you know be ready to hit someone with a message yeah. if they, uh, but the complete thing that gets missed is the missed is the presumption that someone asks you yeah you know about the hope yeah. that you have yeah and 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 I, this is in my experience at least where you get asked is when we are putting our you know money where our mouth is where mm. we're out in the cold and doing these things mm-hmm. that that's what stands out that's what people ask about you know and very rarely do people has anyone ever come up to me and said so why are you a christian why Mm -hmm. do you go to church or you know but i do get asked you know why on earth are you involved in this or you know so yeah
1: absolutely
0: well Mm. if we could rein it in now so we've been talking about transforming lives if we could uh bring it down much, much smaller and talk about the transformation of the parish halls uh, because they are looking completely different now and so um well, I think we talked about it on Look Who's talking when it happened, but oh, it, was, it was it was June occurred. in in June, I think it was. The oh, a, really? big, big hype, <laughs> a big big hype a big water main yep. burst near New Malden station and it flooded yeah. it was quite spectacular really it flooded half the high street um lots of the lots of the it businesses that, that were in there but
1: it was the not far to off yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you would have needed an arc <laughs> to get to get past the station yeah. definitely um, it was and the kayak. Um, so there were other other businesses um that were affected but fortunately yeah, i Express don't think yeah it, but yeah. I don't think many people's houses were I think I think that was quite fortunate there were a a few I think but it was mainly yeah it was mainly just along along this road uh but the parish halls were sort of ankle deep all downstairs which doesn't sound like loads of water but it does a lot of damage um Mm -hmm. and it made well it's made the halls completely unusable
1: of June because it was just before Tom Parker got married
0: it was, it was, yeah, before, it was, yes, it? Yeah. yeah.
1: So it was the Battle of Waterloo Day, <laughs> the 18th of June. <laughs>
0: um, so it's been a very long and drawn out process. and uh, And then obviously, you know, the halls were insured. So it's, n- it's not cost us anything, but it it's cost us a lot of time and a lot of effort. Um, so the uh, first of all, they came in to try and dry things out, try and salvage any furniture or things that were left in there. Um, and then it became clear that they were going to have to Replace the carpet because the carpet was all completely wet. So they pulled up the carpet to find parquet flooring underneath which apparently is notoriously very difficult to dry. So they said, right, we're going to have to pull that up. And then when they pulled that up, it turned out that it was stuck down with something that had asbestos in it. So then the asbestos slowed everything down. Um, and they pulled it uh, up and there was a black death burial. <laughs> 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 but um, We are, we are finally, finally <laughs> sorted. So I think it, I think fact, it today was...
2: Actually, just as I came down to, um, to the recording here,
1: I passed there bringing the furniture back. Yeah, the furniture's all coming back. back. I, I think so they
0: were putting the carpet in on Christmas Eve. So I, think. I heard, yeah. yeah.
1: And the carpets are really good, aren't they? I mean, we've ended up...
0: I know, it looks much better now than it, much better it does, than it did before.
1: Absolutely, it does. <laughs> it looks really neat. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> the classic insurance good. coup, really. And the not, damp not smell is not left. Not we contrived the flood, um, <laughs> but uh, we, there's been a lot of inconvenience, so I think we've... Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've but had an encounter meeting halls halls in people's living rooms and people yeah. in, in a
2: tent in the garden, which was quite an experience. I mean, some of it has been fun. You know, yeah. the, the improvising there has been good. There's things like the youth work which is, I guess, mainly who uses the parish halls. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we've discovered things. We've rediscovered uh, the lounge you know, as a really good venue. And, yeah. um, you know, we may not even move back for some, mm. of, the, some of the groups. So. But being
1: carpeted throughout the bottom of the parish halls and, and it looking really good is so much of an improvement on those dirty, horrible carpets that we had before. Oh, and yeah. So, mm. um, and I think young, yeah, the kids who came to Climbers, on uh, Sunday, they were bowled over and I said, should we take our shoes off? <laughs> and, <laughs> 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 and it was all rather sweet, apparently, uh-huh. what climbers just Well, you fantastic. never
0: would have wanted to take your shoes off in the no. parish no, before no, the, the they flood. They <laughs> David
1: Taylor has painted the walls to make sure that we haven't got sort of... Disparity you know, between the... Horrible yeah. walls. So Aww. David's done a good job of painting all the walls. So they, they look really good, given that we've only got them for one more year. I know. Um, mm-hmm. But it's good. I mean, a year's a long time, particularly in the life yeah. of a kid. Mm. Yeah. And for kids in climbers, they've got really good a really good room that they've got for a year. It'd be um, nice if that will yeah.
2: be people's last memory of it as well. It'll be a, a yeah. decent yeah. hall. Because yeah. it is, well they're well it good halls. You know, it, it may
1: help in the selling of them Could as well.
0: do, yeah. yeah. So, Rachel, do you have any memories of the Parish Halls? I'm guessing you were in most of the Sunday school groups. Uh, yeah. So you must have spent I a lot of I time there. I can't remember which
3: ones were in the Parish Halls and which ones were somewhere else. um But, yeah, I did... All of those and brownies as well. I did on Thursday nights. Yep. Oh yeah, and I'm pretty sure I had a fourth or fifth birthday party there as well. Oh. <laughs> somewhere on the line. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, it's probably looking well. I, d- I don't think you've been in yet to I see the refurbishment, in, no. have you? But yeah. yeah, it's probably looking better than you've I'm ever sure. seen it. Uh, uh, do we need served, to get
1: a? H- they've served us well. They're good halls. They were put up in 1927. They were almost burnt down in yeah. 1996. Yeah. I think it was New Year's Eve, either 1995 or 96. Uh, when there was a fire and it was arson and they never discovered uh, who did it um, and they were refurbished then. Um, they are really good halls and a lot of churches would would, would you know, just absolutely love to have them. The problem I think is they're the one way round. I think having a large hall at the top Yeah. Um, it make you know, and no disabled access. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Than being, um, being across the road, but they are. And being across the road, but they are. They are pretty good halls. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Well. We've only got a year left, yep. and we've already had fire, and we've had flood. Yeah. What's so the? tornado? Maybe <laughs> <Lightning> <laughs> <strike>. <laughs> but it w- or a lightning strike. Yeah. Oh, hopefully nothing. Hopefully we'll be fine. <laughs> Not optimistic
2: way to start <laughs> the <new. laughs>
0: Yes, and I hope whoever buys it doesn't hear about the, uh, yep. the fire and water. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, of course, we have had quite a lot of progress with the main building project, yeah. which is on the main church site over Christmas. Uh, apparently, they were in working on Christmas Eve as well. Um, yeah, they
1: were. And also between Christmas and New Year. Were they? Uh, so they've been working very hard. Yeah. On the new hall, um, foundations are about to go down. I mean, it's a great big area. So, yeah. a lot of work has had to be done. Um and uh, you know we're doing this in the pouring rain at the moment um, but there hasn't been quite so much rain which has enabled them to get a little bit ahead Um, and scaffolding is going up around the new vicarage so that the first floor can be done Um, and uh, so yeah it's all underway and they're, they're working hard just got to hope uh, that the snow stays
0: away. No, that's guess. the other thing that's helped, that's I think, true. is because it's been quite mild. mild Apparently, yeah. they're not allowed to lay any bricks in temperatures below five degrees. Yeah. Something to do Which with the, the concrete not week, setting in the way yeah. it should. Next week, I think, is potentially going to get a yeah. bit colder. But, but I think we are still on course for the Vicarage
1: so to finish by July yeah. and the, the Hall to finish by December. Yeah, exciting. Year. So a year, right. a year um, you know, last month.
0: Well, if we move on to our final subject now, which is the preaching program for January. So January is a time of year that we associate with dieting and with exercise and with restraint. <laughs> uh, so what better time to look at suffering <laughs> at church? <laughs> um, so the, the 9.30 service, um, the, the sermon series will be looking at followers of Jesus who suffered so we have got, we've had James and John already. Uh, Ruth Henson will be t- speaking about Mary um, this Sunday. Yep. Uh, then we've got Stephen, not our vicar, but the, the one in the Bible. Yep. Um, Peter and Paul. Um, so we'll be looking at each of them and, and the way that they suffered because of following Jesus. Um, and then at the 11 o'clock and 6.30 services, we'll be looking at the call to suffer in different books of the Bible. So in Mark's Gospel, in the Acts of the Apostles, in 2 Corinthians, in 1 Peter, and in Revelation. So lots and lots of suffering going on. Why are you uh, doing this to us?
1: Right, yeah, but well it's not intended to sort of really depress people after Christmas because they've enjoyed themselves too much. <laughs> them yes, yeah, it in. <laughs> with a bump. Um, It's because um, I've really become convinced uh, in recent times that this is a theme which is something that we can rather neglect. Um, There's this well-known movement in America mainly called the Prosperity Gospel Movement, which basically preaches that if you turn to Jesus and you're uh, saved, uh, then your life should work out a lot better as a result, economically.
2: Yeah, things like if you give... a yeah. amount you'll receive, yeah, 10 you'll times receive more, more back in you know.
1: abundance. And they'll take biblical verses that, you know, on face value do appear to be saying that, and, and majoring on them. But I became convinced that while we haven't got anything that explicit here, I think we've got a low grade prosperity gospel, which is often uh, at work, where people can receive the message, maybe not intentionally, that uh, since Jesus came to give us life in all its fullness, that basically if you uh, do the right things as a Christian, then your life should work out fine. And uh, there is a very, very important emphasis on the role of Christians being called to suffer, which then can get rather kicked into touch. I think another effect is, because of the evangelical emphasis on the death of Jesus and the uniqueness of that, that can sometimes be translated into a message that Jesus suffered so we don't have to.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: the New yeah. Testament says precisely, the opposite, actually. Um,
2: well, that's the interesting thing: is that it's it's absolutely right there. It's very clear that you know yeah. the, we we get hear all sorts of promises that you know that we Christians hang on to that God makes, and and yet the New Testament, some of the main promises is that if we follow Jesus, that ultimately yeah. that we will be rewarded. Yeah. <laughs> but but in this life we will suffer. Yeah. Um, and I think
1: the other the other important thing about it is rather than just a this is going to happen, so we'll get a bit. You know, um, warned about it, actually, to say that in the same way that uh, Jesus' suffering and death was what uh, inflicted the vital defeat of evil, that actually God's plan carries on being implemented through the suffering of the church. So, actually, saying to people, well, yes, uh, you will suffer, um, but that suffering is not in vain. God is actually working through that. And we're not always quite sure how but the way that God continues to roll back evil and to continue the victory of Jesus is by Christians being prepared to suffer for their faith, and in particular by doing everything they can not to return evil with evil. And uh, that's when you get amazing change taking place northern ireland uh, for instance one of the really decisive moments that happened in northern ireland was after one of the nathan will be far more of an expert on this than me but the guy gordon wilson whose daughter yep. was killed was it in the omer bombing or the inner bombing i can't remember i which. think omer yeah and he said that he forgave those who who, yep. who did that and uh that really did seem to break something of the of the hold that evil had that stage obviously there was lots of other work going into the peace process and um, but when people take a stand and they suffer uh, and they refuse to take the easy option of returning evil with evil something uh, appears to change and so really this whole subject which includes lots of other strands is something that I think we really need to unpack and explore and take time uh, to to think about and what I hope will happen over January is that people will have a chance to bring their suffering before God, and uh, rather than it being something they have to rather pack away and have within their life that they can't really acknowledge. We have one person on Sunday who's going through particular suffering, who when I spoke about James and John and the calling to suffer for the Gospel, um, she expressed uh, afterwards to someone else, but it got back to me, uh, about actually having that suffering sort of spoken about, and. Uh, you know, dealt with um, was was somehow affirming.
0: Mm. Um, Yeah. yeah.
1: And and I think that's what we've got to try and do in January.
2: Mm. And I've somehow drawn suffering in Revelation. So (laughs) when I got it I I looked down thinking, Oh yeah, so where's it's missing the chapter number or it's like, no, no, it's the whole book. Let's (laughs) Well uh, it's either the
1: whole book or it's whatever you want to grab out of Revelation. I know. I know. No, it is. It's, I mean, well, what's
2: really interesting yeah. is it's you know the the series is the call to suffer, and as I've been reading and reading and reading through Revelation, the, the thing that I find quite fascinating is that there's less of an explicit call to suffering and more of a huge assumption that we suffer. You know, mm-hmm. there's just the churches, and yep. uh, and John didn't need to tell them that they were going to suffer. These churches yep. that he was writing to were being mm-hmm. persecuted. The people yeah. were being put to death, and mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of horrible things happening to them. And and there wasn't an an apology for it an excuse mm. for it or it, it was just a this is happening yeah mm. but there is there is more at stake there's mm. more happening than just the the very surface things that we're dealing with and and john goes on to unpick that so yeah, yeah. it should be quite mm. interesting well i've
1: tried to pick out those books of the new testament that i think most major on that theme mm. and uh mark's gospel of, of the four gospels i think has the biggest emphasis on the suffering of jesus's followers uh, the Acts of the Apostles has actually quite a lot um, you know the powers of evil do everything they can to stop Paul getting to Rome so he gets shipwrecked uh, he gets bitten by a snake or nearly bitten by yeah. a poisonous mm. snake and you know and in the end the very last line of the Acts of the Apostles or the very last word of the Acts of the Apostles is unhindered that Paul is in Rome preaching gospel right under Caesar's nose um, and it says he's unhindered mm-hmm. um, but up to that point, the last quarter of Acts has been all of these uh, things happening, uh, Paul surviving an assassination attempt, all sorts Shipwrack of things. Shipwreck. Yeah, and, and basically does take the gospel to Rome. But he says, when he v- revisits the churches at the end of the first missionary journey, he just says one thing to them that's recorded, which is we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two Corinthians has a lot about suffering, one Peter and, and Revelation.
0: Yeah, well, uh, lots f- to grapple with then for January alongside our New Year's resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we've got time for this month on Nick Who's Talking. But do remember that until next time, for more information on Christchurch, you can visit our website, ccnm.org. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christchurch New And you can follow us on Twitter at CCNM News. All that I need to do now is wish our listeners um, a very happy new year. We'll